Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome back to the Claret and Blue podcast. My name is Dan Rowlands and I'm joined by our Villa reporter, Ashley Priest from Selhurst Park Car Park. Ash, how are you, mate? You okay? Sainsbury's Car Park in uh, South London. It's teeming down, so... Why is it always raining on Villa after that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah rubbish. Mate. But... Uh, yeah. Oh, I just want to clarify to the audience. I feel like this podcast might be a little bit all over the place, just because it's such a weird game. The first forty-five, not that we were brilliant, but it was you know we were pretty good, and I was almost almost getting myself ready to come on here and say a pretty comfortable win against Palace. Done the double over them, played them twice, and they've been pretty poor in in both games. I even did a few notes the first half at uh, McGinn's uh, captain McGinn, good finish, Grealish back for X amount of minutes. What, what will we see later on? We can talk about the impact he might have. Watkins coming back, him back into the side, and that changes Villa's dynamic. He presses from the front. And at half-time, we capitulate. And I stopped taking notes, thinking, well, I can't really be bothered. It's such a weird game because, we, yeah. again, we've said it millions of times, masters, are, uh, masters of our own downfall. We always do something silly. And second half, we're oh, not good enough. Not good enough in that second half at all. Yeah, it sums up the season, Dan. Have I lost you? Have you yeah. gone? No, still no, I'm there. still here. Yeah, it sums up the season for me when Villa looking so good and getting fans excited. This is good. This is really good. Um, McGinn's goal is fantastic. Al Ghazi putting Villa back in. Everyone's getting excited again. And then just, just little bits creep in, don't they? And Palace come on strong and Villa can't kick the ball for Toffee. And it's a, it's a defeat and Villa slipping up again when they, when they go ahead. I don't know how many times they've blew an advantage now this season. It's becoming a, yeah. a, a common, common occurrence. But. But yeah, just the story of the season for me. Looking so good in the first half and second half of the season, it's been pretty pretty bleak. But just show, Villa have shown the glimpses. Obviously, I thought the first half was fantastic today, and oh, I think I've got loads of stick for my player ratings. But I'm juggling that thing that many things on a match day. <laughs> um, I apologise for them. But listen, yeah, um, blew it in the end, and Palace were deserved winners. But they've just pulled it on Villa at the end, and. For me, I thought they missed Tyrone Minzy leadership skills. I, I thought mm. they was all over the shop at the back at times. Courtney Horsch asking a lot for him to come in. First game since the, December and he's coming in mean, May now. And you're going you're to be rusty, aren't you? So, so yeah, I've, I've just seen D Smith actually just wave to me. He's in the car with Johan Langer. So, hopefully, they're, they're on the blower to someone over the summer <laughs> and get, getting the deals done. But, yeah, it's evident to see Villa need to bolster next season if they want to make up that gap. So, so yeah, um, can't be too despondent. Okay, he's frustrating to losing that manner, but season's peating out as it is. I don't think we're going to get top half now either, which is hmm. pretty uh, unthinkable given given the start we had. So, yeah, quick turnaround now to, to Spurs, but disappointing afternoon here. Yeah, disappointing, frustration, annoying, all these different words you could use to describe it. We talked a lot and we're late to the podcast this afternoon. Matt's been busy, James's been busy. So we've had to, you've done so much on a match day. We're now asking you to do a 20 minute podcast as well, which is why we're later than usual. So I've, I've seen a bit of the social media fallout. I've seen other podcasts chatting this afternoon. And I can't really put my finger on the, the fans' feeling, really, because it's 50, well, not 50%, but 
some people seem to think, yeah, well, you know, we've hit the ceiling for this season. We're going to finish somewhere 11th, 12th, something like that. And that's progress. Last year, survived on the last day. And I, I think I fall into that side. I'm still pretty content overall. Villa have improved on last season. They've got a transfer window to prove that they can improve, improve again next season. And then that's when I'll start to judge a little bit more critically. On the other hand, some people see, see it as, well, we started so well. We've proved Villa were good enough. We've pl- proved we've got the players. We've proved that we're tactical and we can make the right decisions. So why now can't we? Why since 2021 have we been so poor? And they start to think, maybe we can look elsewhere. Maybe we can change this, change that and improve. And and, and that's the angle they go down. I agree that the second half of the season hasn't been good enough. But I'm not in the part of the, the camp that says we need major changes to the, the management, the players to to improve next season. I think we've got a transfer window to sign three or four quality players in the positions that we're crying out for, for 100 million, 150 million, go big on a few players. And then next season, that's when you start to judge, I think. Yeah, I think you nailed it there, to be, uh, to be fair. It's just a strength in depth, isn't it? Courtney Horse coming into that. Yeah, the squad's not big enough. Squad's not, squad's not big enough, um, like you say. And Al Ghazi and Troy, I know Al Ghazi scored today, Bertrand Troy. They've been playing a lot of games. Without having the competition, really. Grealish has been out, hasn't he? Trezor guy's out long term, so that they know they're going to start, so that they haven't really got anyone breathing down the neck. What else as well? Um, same with Ollie Watkins, but I think Watkins is okay today. It's McGinn and Douglas Louise, it's, it's the same pair every week, near enough. They haven't got mm-hmm. no, no one no one competing with them, have they, to be honest? So, so yeah, I think the strength in depth need, needs to be bolstered considerably next season. So, listen, we're not calling for panic stations here. There's only two games left. It's it's petered out as it is. Um, but it all points to a big summer. I've said this work for weeks now. It points to a yeah. big summer because the, the fans' expectations there, the owner's expectation, the words are getting banded around, Champions League this, European European that. Um, it's going to happen, isn't it? Whenever whenever Villa are going to lose a game, it's going gonna, it's gonna to start. Questions are going to be asked. So for questions not to be asked next season, the team needs to be better. So, so yeah. Yeah. Um, that's it. I'm just, I've just spoken to Dean Smith and he's one, one of frustration because he was really loving it on, in the first half. He was telling them, love that Berto, great stuff. And Villa were, Villa were good were good value, wasn't they? And for mm-hmm. it to just, just end like that and Palace come on really strong at the end and just, yeah, couldn't get out, could they? So, so yeah, interesting one, interesting one to ponder now and I think it'll be a summer of change, Dan. I don't know what the, the fans are saying on the comments, but I think it'll be a summer of change. Villa refresh it again. And we'll see where we go from there. There's, as always, when, as you say, with the Villa defeat, there's always going to be a bit of... I feel like it's in the heat at the moment. There's a lot of Dean Smith out comments, which we've had before. We've had for weeks when when we have a defeat. Again, I'm not in, I'm not in that camp. I don't think that's the point of of this 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 season. I think we should still be pretty grateful for the, the um, transformation that we've had since last season. So far, the evidence suggests that with Dean Smith and this, the owners and these, this group of players, they improve every season. Get promoted. They've consolidated. They've survived. Consolidated. Next season, if we don't improve, yeah, then start, start asking questions. Maybe that's time for change. You've had three or four years at this Villa project. It looks like it's not working out. You get to Christmas next season. That's when you start to to ask questions. If we have a bad start next season, we're going to finish eleventh or twelfth. I don't think you sack the manager for that when you finished seventeenth last season. Um, yes, the second half hasn't been second half of the season hasn't been great, but I don't think you sack the manager. But I know everyone's entitled to their their opinion, and that's fine. People saying you, you know uh, Smith's taken us as far as we can go and all that kind of thing. I think for this season that's correct. I think this season we've hit a ceiling. 
of mid-table. I don't think we can get any further than mid-table because the squad isn't good enough for that. It's too inconsistent. We've got, I'm not going to say world-class because I don't, I don't mean world-class as in Real Madrid or Barcelona, but for where we are, Grealish in that little camp, Martinez, yep. and who else really is, is good enough to be in, in the elite level for the Premier League? No one else really. There's some good players in there. Cash, Mings, Douglas Ruiz, and even beginning on their day are good Premier League players. Watkins as well. Beyond that, though, they're okay Premier League players. Some of them are, are good. Some of them are okay. But it's inconsistency. That's the problem. Villa, Villa are like a winger. They're like a, one of our own wingers. He's had yeah, some yeah. Villa. Sometimes amazing, brilliant. El Ghazi scores 10 goals this season. Yeah, great. And other times, we'll have a shot from the edge of the air, go out for a throw-in. And it's like, yeah. that's, that's Aston Villa. We can be either sublime or, or awful from one game to the next. So I think this season, Villa have hit their ceiling. This was as good as it was going to get. The European dream was a was a character to aim for, but realistically, we, we don't have the depth to get there. If this time next season we're saying, oh, 15th, we, we're going to finish and you know that's backwards from last year, that's when maybe you make the changes to, to management and, and, and a, a, an overhaul of the squad. I think this summer, you spend in key areas and make that squad better that uh, a push for Europe can, can happen. We spoke before about you know top six and all that. You look at Leicester, they won the league in 2016. It's only yesterday that they've gone, up, gone on to win an FA Cup. It's been years of building for Leicester to be up and around that top four, top six, for them to consistently oh. be able to do it. Villa got promoted two seasons ago. They've, they stayed up on the last day. They'll finish mid-table. What were we expecting? I know people say, oh, well, Leeds will, will come up and finish above us on their first season. Sheffield United did that last year. Sheffield United bottom this year. So what? You've got to have stable, steady progress, I think, and that's what Villa have got. And, and next season is, is what will be judged on properly. Because I think if if things go as pl- as planned, we've spoke before about Villa haven't really made a bad transfer, really, since the new owners have been here. If they might, if they get this summer window correct and sign the right players in the positions that they, we clearly need, we need a big midfielder, <clears throat> we need more quality out wide, we maybe need another striker, another defender potentially. If you saw all that, Maybe that's next season for the one that we push for Europe and this year is mid tables as good as we can get. That was a massive ramble. I don't know whether any of that made sense. <laughs> no, it does, yeah, to be fair. Um just searching out for consistency. Supporters like you and me, Dan and everyone else, you want it all now, don't you? You've seen you've seen the flashes of brilliance yeah, throughout this season. You want it, you, you what why aren't they doing it that week in, week out? And they did it for forty five minutes today and they couldn't see out the game. So it's been a story of the second half of the season for Villa. So so yeah, I mean Grealish needs to come back, doesn't he? He needs to, he needs to have an injury-free season next season. And yeah. then I think we'll be up there. I said this last week. If Grealish didn't get injured, I think Villa will be up there with US Nams and whatnot. So, but we need, we need players to play with him. We need, we need that calibre of player to come in. I think we need a, a potent goal scorer. Because, I mean, for all of Watkins' runs and his hard work, I mean, he had a couple of chances today, but they're straight at the keeper. I think we need a, a real marksman in there to score mm. the goals. When, when you're not on top, you've got half a chance. It's, you're ahead, so... So yeah, plenty, plenty, plenty to talk about. It's gonna be a big summer, like I said. I'm just seeing Johan Langer on the phone in Sellers Park, so I think he's gonna be busy this summer. And it all points to that. Cushion Perslow was here today as well. So yeah, big summer needed, Dan. I don't know what the sports are saying on the comments, but it all points to the big summer. And um, yeah, we'll keep watching space. Realistically, you need to spend another what, two hundred, three hundred million, four hundred million to be to become a top six club. It's not gonna happen overnight, is it? We spent a hundred million odd last year on three or four quality players: Martinez, Cash, Watkins, a couple that I named earlier. And they've made an improvement. This squad and Villa are better for that. 
they do the same again next season and push on from 12th to 8th, again, that's a season of progress and we should be happy with, with that steady uh, increase, shouldn't we? Yeah, I mean, look at the Leicester City model. It's a good model to follow. I mean, obviously, Villa, Villa poached. Um, they've got Rob McKenzie in there, had a big success through at Leicester, plucking gems. Yeah. The logs of Kantai Mare. So, Rob McKenzie's on board as well at Villa. He's head of recruitment here, so he has a big side behind the scenes. He'll be working with Johan Langer, who, who, who himself knows a player or two. So, they're working a lot with data and, and, and analytics kind of thing. So, there will be the odd bargain in there, I think. I don't think they're going to go gunko, £50 million here, £50 million there. I think they're going to be quite clever about it and astute. They'll look at the Euro 2020s as well. Any gems flying around there. So, so mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm, I envisage as many six, seven coming in, you know, because the, the squad needs replenishing. Tyler, Almo, Horahan, they're all going to go. Heaton looks like he's going to go. Um, yeah. So, they'll be adding to that. So, I think we're, we signed five players last the season just going now. So, I think there'll be more, more signings to come. And, yeah, it's a big one. I can't stress that enough. Um, but Villa, beyond the scenes at Villa, there's a lot of emphasis into recruitment. So that that that, that tells you everything what, what they're going to do this summer. So, yeah, I mean, I'd like to see I mean, the youngsters. Everyone, everyone witnessed them on when was that now, Friday night. Yeah. Kind of chucked my week. I thought he'd get some minutes today. That didn't happen. But I think we'll see him at Spurs or, or Chelsea at least. So, Louis Barry's coming through the ranks as well. So, they've got the youngsters are coming through. Whether they'll blood them in, we'll, we'll see that over pre-season. But yeah, um, I don't know what's what's the general feeling on, on on this pod, mate. I mean, it's a tough one to take. I mean, I'll ponder it on the drive home, but it's, it's two games left. It's fans back in next week as well. That's mm. a positive, surely. They can see yeah. see it with their own eyes. Yeah, I hope that the fans that do get to uh, you know look enough to be there next week, you know, enjoy the day and, and make the most of it because. And it's not this kind of weird negative atmosphere that we're getting on social media in the in the last few weeks. You know, if you're lucky enough to be at Villa Park next week, get behind the boys and, and enjoy it. Um, there's a stat that I saw on Twitter before we started. I think it came from Opta. Uh, it's Aston Villa have dropped 19 points from winning positions in 2021, the joint most of any side in England's top four tiers. They hadn't dropped a single point from a winning position this season before the turn of the year. How do we go from... Wow. If we go ahead, we won before Christmas. This uh, the second half of the season, losing 19 points and winning positions is a is a big big amount. Um, I said on on Twitter earlier that um, the moment that Sky mentioned that Crystal Palace had you know been 100 years or whatever it was since they've um, since half time they've been losing they've never won the game in the second half. As soon as I mentioned that, I, I don't know what the record was. It was something like 30 odd games. As soon as I mentioned that, I thought that's it. Then they're they're going to beat us today. Whenever there's a bad record, Villa break it. Yeah, so Smith was quite uptight about this. He was, he was he was mentioned about this in his press conference just now. Um, keep blowing leads. Why is that? He said, "This time we play Liverpool, Man U, Man City, all in there." So he tried he tried to play that down. Same we're playing against one of the best teams in the division when, when they capitulated. So yeah, I don't know what to make of that. I, I mentioned to Smith. I said he missed Tyrone today's leadership skills, body on the line mentality, and he kind of agreed. And he said Courtney Horse struggled for, to play. Hasn't played enough games. Um, mm-hmm. Struggle fitness at the end, so it's one of them, isn't it? Really, I mean, you go a, go a goal ahead against Man City nine times out of ten, they're going to come back, aren't they? But yeah. today was today was disappointing, though the manner of it. Um, fans get over the line. So, what do you point that down to? Smith played that down, given the opposition up against. But I think it's that ruthless streak. I've just mentioned it. Like you have, you have half a chance. Al Ghazi decision making in the final third of the pitch, whereas you got. Jack Grealish coming on. If he starts a game, he makes the he makes the 
the right decision all, all the time. So, missed his creativity today to, to, to muster up chances in the second half. So, so yeah, I think they need to score more goals than, 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 than what they're doing. I mean, they scored two today, but they pegged back and def- defensively they weren't good enough. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know what you put it down to. I think it's easy to say that Grealish missed 12 games. That's obviously going to affect everybody. You had the COVID break as well, which is, you know, COVID saved us last season and it's probably put the brakes on this season. I don't know. I just don't think there's, there's, if I could get my words out, I don't think there's enough of a backup plan. I don't think the squad's big enough. I don't think that's Dean Smith's fault. I don't think it's a lack of tactics. I don't think it's a lack of a plan B or, or whatever you want to call it. There's only so much you can do in a transfer window, and I, d- I just don't think we've got enough options past that first team that that we trust. What what, what are you going to do to change the game today? Bring on Ross Barkley, who's who's been rubbish for the best half of the best part of the second half of the yeah. season. Anyway, that's not going to change the game, is it? Nakamba gets in in dribs and drabs, and to be fair, has looked all right in, in parts this season. But is that is that going to hold on to the game? I just don't think the squad's there, and and and. Hopefully next season it is. That's the only thing that we. I think we've just got to wait. We've got to wait out the, this season, fizzling out because we're not not going to make it to Europe. We're not going to go down. I'd like to see us be a bit more on the front foot and be a bit more entertaining because at times it's been boring watching us this second half of the season. And football's there to be to be you know for entertainment. But I think we've just got to wait till next season and be patient and hope that they get the summer business right to to kick on again next season. And that's that's all we can do. There's two games left now. Let's just get them out of the way and end the season. Yeah, probably Villa become a bit predictable to play against. Mm. Like Grealish especially. They're going to click the channel up to Watkins. McGinn's, McGinn's going to look to get on the second ball and, and probably stop that from happening in the second half today. It was interesting, Smith said, uh, just before Mitchell scored at the end, he said we wanted to get Davies on. We were going to go 4-4-2 with four, with four or five minutes to go at 2-2. So that he did want to chase, chase for a winner, but is that, is that too late? Will we, we see two up top from the start of next season? I doubt that because Smith mentioned as much last week saying he prefers a, a three-man midfield in the Premier League because that's where the ball's controlled. So, yeah. yeah, interesting one to look at it, really, um, regarding systems and, and stuff like that. But, yeah, it's been a bit predictable this season um, with Watkins running tirelessly and just looking for bits off it. So, interesting, yeah. I don't know what to make of it, really. Um We'll see what happens on Wednesday. We'll, we'll change the, the foot. I think Mings comes back back in. Cash's season's out now. So, I mean, will Kai Kessler get a run out of right back to check him out? Don't know. Um, probably, probably, probably Almo not. again, but <laughs> no. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Well, uh, we'll wrap this up with one final question because your connection's a little bit dodgy down in South London. Obviously, you want to get home at some point as well. If you could only sign one player this summer, and obviously we're not going to just sign one player, what position would it be? Who is the who's the biggest problem we need to fix? It's I'm just torn between a winner and a number ten to be asked. Um, I said, I was good today for Palace and Zaha that they come to the fore when they needed to. So someone someone like that who can step it up when needed to be because Torre now Garzi don't really do that enough for me. So, someone of a, in the same league as your Grealish, someone really can rely on apart from Grealish. So, just a, 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 I'd say a winger with real pedigree, a goal-scoring winger um, who hopefully can, can really, really can, can get to just help the likes of Watkins and stuff. So, I don't think a striker is of desperate need. I know Tammy Abraham was missing from Chelsea's lineup yesterday again. Whether that one will be explored 
40 million quid. I don't know what fans are saying about that. He's a goal machine, isn't he? Um, mm. Could you put Watkins on, on the on the flank? That's an option. I think Villa will look at that. But I think, yeah, I'm torn between the winger and number 10. To, to, just to give the potent threat. In the... Yeah, your connection is uh, is definitely oh, yeah. dipping out. So we'll, we'll end it there in in a second. I'm surprised you said Start winger or number ten. My I'd go for a big midfielder. I think I was watching Leicester yesterday and two different styles of play. Either indeed he's someone there who's going to sit there and mop everything up, break down the player and pass it on and be an absolute brute in there. Yeah. Um, or somebody like Tielemans who can do a bit of everything yeah. and be you know you don't you don't want to be have a, have a player that's you know okay at everything. But Tielemans is 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 so good. Uh, obviously, not specifically sign him because that's not going to happen. But that kind of player that can do a bit of everything and and be one of the three who's who you can rely on to mop up with the little bits and pieces. Um, but yeah, we'll call it a day there because uh, the connection's a little bit ropey. Thanks to everyone who tuned in um, on this Sunday afternoon. I want to go and enjoy the rest of my day while I can because no one enjoys talking about um, Villa losing to Crystal Palace. So we'll wrap it up there. We'll be get back again on Wednesday. I'm going to get out of here before I can find it. <laughs> end what I wanted to try and say Christ, I can't even get my words out so let's call it down I'm going to press the end button and leave thank you very much for watching we'll see you again soon thank you for listening to Claret and Blue and Aston Villa podcast if you enjoyed today's episode then please do let us know we love hearing your feedback we'll be back soon with another episode but until then up the villa up the villa